Welcome to Meet the Filmmakers at the Apple Store, Regent Street in London. Would you please welcome our guest moderator, Simon Goddard. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for coming. And we're here tonight to see uh, and meet the stars of uh, an extraordinary film uh, about an extraordinary man, which has had some extraordinary reviews. Um, the possibilities are endless, which is uh, the story of um, Edwin Collins and how he recovered from his uh, stroke of nearly 10 years ago. Um, but I think to kind of set the scene first, let's have a look at the trailer. For those of you, some of you may have seen the film, some of you may not have, but this trailer will, will give you the idea of it. Allah, Help me. Ed and I don't know where you are. I can't feel you. Find you. Uh, me and uh, fuck. I No, no. Wherever you are. If this is too much. But if you think there's a way back from this, fight hard. Please fight hard. Who are you doing it for, really? You, aren't you? Yeah. I must get better. I must experience the world, whatever that is. Whatever that is. Uh, um. And if you could now uh, welcome onto the stage uh, the stars of the film, uh, Edwin Collins, Grace Maxwell, and the director, Ed Lovelace. Go, David. Uh, so, <laughs> good evening, Apple Store. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, a lot of people haven't seen that film, might, might have seen the film. Sort of trailer just there. I was to start off with. Uh, first question would be, I think, to Ed in terms of what made you, what attracted you, because a lot of a lot of fans of Edwin who followed this story um, over the last uh, over years uh, knew what happened to him, and we followed him through. Like you know, Grace did her book, and there's been document the BBC documentary, and there's Edwin and his music as a uh, in the Losing Sleep album has written about it himself. What made you as an outsider? think I want to make a film about his story and, and 
what what first attracted you to to the idea of ed, of kind of documenting this? Um, well, yeah, I was always a fan of Edwin's and Jay, who's the co-director, who's not here at the moment. But um, yeah, we were fans of his. Obviously, Girl Like You was big when we were teenagers, but we were never kind of we didn't we've made music documentaries in the past, and we didn't want to make another one. But we start, yeah, we heard Losing Sleep. That was like that first album post-stroke. And for anyone who's heard that record, it was just so, so kind of, it's such like a youthful record and the lyrics were kind of different. And obviously Edwin's so renowned for his lyrics. So that was something we kind of looked out for when we heard this new record. And it seems so different. So we just started to kind of ask questions of like, was it the same guy? And what happens, not just a musician, but what happens if like an artist is, if they're kind of, identity is removed uh, to, can they create the same art and does that art say there's someone new and what does that art say about them so we approach these guys not wanting to make a music film and not really wanting to tell Edwin's story but just trying to figure out what would Edwin do if he had the freedom to tell his own story kind of thing so and then luckily yeah we kind of stumbled across this amazing opportunity to make a different film that would be led by someone who was like discovering themselves in the moment, like kind of, yeah. We always think with documentaries, like a moment happens and then you kind of go back and try and retell something that's happened in the past, which is great, but how do you make documentaries feel kind of as present as like fiction movies? So we were so excited when we were interviewing Edwin and Grace, they were, they were talking so of the moment and everything. Edwin was talking about things that he hadn't thought about before and he was like remembering things that he hadn't thought about before. So it, it seemed like this story had this kind of presence to it, like this present day moment. That because it could, because it's not, um, it really is not a traditional documentary. It's very, um, uh, one of the constant words, because it's poetic. It's a very, uh, it, it's, it's, it's like an emotional telling rather than kind of like a bombarding people with facts. And in a way, it's like, you know, you don't even have to know who Edwin is and what he's done. It's, as you say, it's, just, it's a story about how a creative mind rediscovers itself af after what they've been through. So, I mean, did you always know that you want to make that kind of um, that kind of a film that was going to be not bogged down with, like, you know, like the, 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 the very standard, the Edwin Collins story, that it was going to be, um, you know, a very creative, poetic, artistic thing? Yeah, we wanted to make something that was more like an emotional journey than like kind of like a kind of fact-based one. And then it was so interesting that Edwin would, the way he would remember his past wasn't necessarily based on kind of facts, like things that maybe were really important to fans of his, <coughs> maybe weren't important to him, but like certain things that seem insignificant to me were so kind of like emotionally important to Edwin. So we just let Edwin kind of, and we thought it was really interesting how Edwin's got his own memory of his past, which might be kind of slightly different uh, <laughs> what might have happened but what's so cool is it made it such an exciting story to tell because everyone was only remembering the bits that yeah. really kind of stuck with him so it was amazing for us we didn't have to worry about the classic documentary thing of like yeah. trying to get past the boring points there were no boring points Edwin just kind of only remembered the kind of really standout moments so and, and I mean Edwin for you, you know, the idea of like you know Edwin the movie being like you know being given your own platform were you were you straight away were you uh, how, how did you how did how did you judge it and how did you were you uh, from the get go were you were you up for it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's um, Ed and uh, James um, give me space. Um, I'm remembering uh, as a small boy and so on, and uh, up in the studio, 
It's uh, uh, time to reconsider who I was. I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've you as well, Grace, because I mean, I know obviously you've, you've, you've managed Edwin since, since the 80s. You've been, you know, uh, to be um, since his stroke, obviously, you, you've taken a much more kind of forward role with the book and like being in, in the spotlight. But I mean, for you as well, to kind of like put yourself into a situation where your lives were going to be documented by an outside that you had no control of. Was, was it easy to relinquish that? Uh. Um, well, Edwin had taken the, sort of took the decision when he met Ed and James and we thought, well, first of all, we weren't, it wasn't 100% sure that it would get made at that point, but um, we, we, liked, we liked them. Um, other people have suggested things and wanted to do things. We haven't thought it was a very good idea because there's a lot of scope in Edwin's story for it to be kind of quite yucky and clawing and misery memoirish or else plucky kind of, you know. Edwin. <laughs> plucky <laughs> Edwin. Plucky Edwin. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to do any of that. So yeah. the one thing we, we, we did get a handle on from Ed and James was that they, would, they wouldn't do that. They would be doing something interesting. And we weren't really sure what that was going to be at that point. Incredibly yeah. arty. Arty, which is good. We like that, but also <laughs> when it's not it's not a difficult thing to, to, to relinquish control. Although I do have a control freak issues, I do realise that. But um, <laughs> we it wasn't yeah, do but uh, <laughs> especially you know in recent years. But um, it wasn't difficult because once you made especially up your mind uh, me. with you, yeah, I I have plenty of scope for exercising my control freak stuff with you, don't I? But. When we dis once you decided, and it's Ed, and he doesn't like anybody interfering no, with him uh, creatively. Yeah, yeah. I decided on um, Ed and D D James do their own work, not me, and not, not Grace, and not William, my son. And, and me and Jay always say it's like w I love working with musicians because they're such like creative people, but. They, I sound like a broken record because I say this in every Q and A. But like every time you work with a musician, they've spent their whole life building this kind of image of who they are because like, that's kind of not that is real, but it's kind of slightly different from from the reality. So they build this whole image of artwork and how they are and how they dress and what they want to put out there. So the idea of that person giving away all that control and allowing someone else to paint their own picture of them is such a kind of brave thing. So the fact that these, and also especially like Edwin's image, that he's like such an iconic person, is that the fact that he let us go away and kind of paint our own picture of, of his of, of him and his life is kind of kind of mad. Yeah, is, we kind of knew it was kind of yeah, one-off. Like, but when you get to our time of life, you're not so precious about no. that stuff anymore, are we, not Edwin? <laughs> uh, I used to be <laughs> precious. Really precious about don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, or and uh, oranges. Here. Yeah, that, that kind of thing. It could yeah, yeah. An hour and a quarter. It could be. It could be longer sometimes, yeah. but it wouldn't come out right. It's yeah. quiff, you know. But um, no, not nowadays. We're Still great hair, though. Still inspiring us no. all with that quiff. No. no. <laughs> That's not true, Ed. <laughs> but, uh, Don't flatter me. <laughs> So before we started making the film, I had long hair, kind of like scruffy right. outfit, and then I've just... I'm he just, worked his I'm magic on becoming Edwin, yeah. <laughs> trying to. Actually, I think at this point it'd be quite good to play... Uh, could we play clip number two, which is the, the struggle clip, which is about how Edwin uh, 
try Edwin remembering his past career coming out of his stroke? I struck out to um, understand things and uh, I struggled to remember. I think maybe the next Stone Age just single might be a hit with a wee bit of pixie luck. I wrote that. It's, uh, it's, uh, Uh, it's uh, strange to me, uh, I wrote that, that song. And I remember I was passionate about starting a band i mean that in that clip there ed when you say uh you know i uh i, I can't you know i've so I, I wrote that song it feels feels weird to me feels strange to me yeah. i mean what did you mean by that but, but, but well, I, i'm better simon i'm better than i i was yeah but um the film suggested i wrote that i didn't know at the time, it's it's uh, called dysphasia. Yeah, it's a problem for me. Yeah, and you had to reconnect with what, what I am. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but coming out, you struck I me. Mean, how hardwired in your head were was all the music that you had? Because obviously, you know, uh, the songs came back to you. I mean, and it's one of the most incredible things about your story is that everything that's happened to you, all the effects. You you remember the songs, you can sing the songs, the, the melodies were still there. I mean, can you remember what were the first sort of songs that, that kind of like rewoken you to, to, to what you used to do? Yeah. Um, uh, in fact, the fourth uh, single, Poor Old Soul. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well remembered, that's right. <laughs> that was the very first. Um, I practiced every day. I'm trying to remember, I can't remember it, we'd been, it was January and we'd been in the north for Christmas and New Year. We were driving south and um, yeah. in the car, Edwin launched into uh, the first sort of verse of the song called Poor Old Soul, which is the fourth single that he released when he was Back like with a vengeance, march in vogue. Singing. A little bit of it, yeah. right, okay. <laughs> so he started singing this. I was amazed that he, he could actually string the whole thing together and the words were there and he could I said, Have you been practicing this on uh, on the quiet? And he said, Yes, I have. Uh like that, yes I have. So <laughs> I thought, Okay, great. Then we get started now on, on singing, you know, you're gonna you're gonna learn your whole you know, Repertoire. your whole canon again, yeah. you can, or a lot of it, where you're gonna learn a set. And then we might even get to the point where we'll think we'll work with a band and who knows, you might even do a show one of these fine days. Who knows, we'll, tra we'll, we'll begin, you know. Uh, so mind that you, uh, I can't remember campaign for real rock. It's the verses and the choruses takes ages. Uh, it's impossible. That's the control freak bit of me. There's this song... It's the most complicated song ever you've ever written, really, isn't it? 
and I'm kind of determined he's going to do it. You know, he's but he's a little bit resistant, but he, I'm sure he will do it. But it's it was just that thing of watching the um, the songs come back to him with practice. A lot of practice. Because there's some brilliant things that mean for, for, for people who know Edwin's stuff and know Orange, she's very well. There's a very beautiful moments in the film. There's a bit later on when I think it's in Helmstall, you're walking along and Edwin, you just start singing Felicity. And it's, uh, you know, for all that Orange's fans, it's a really that big moment. And these these little bits in the film and little songs like Dying Day, I think, is another yeah. one yeah, that, yeah. That, that, you sing, that you sing bits of. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think, it's, you know, for, for people who know all that stuff, it's interesting to know, like, what. What were the songs that really meant a lot that came back to you? Was, was it Out for the Count? Was that one as well? Or that was yeah, a yeah, yeah. tiny bit in, in while she was still in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a very quiet day, and he was with the speech and language there. It was a good story. You don't know this story, do you, do you Ed? No. Cut no, this guy. He was sitting in a kind of gloomy room, and he was having a session, and he suddenly um, more or less spoke it, uh, the words of this, this verse of a song that he'd written called Out for the Count, and... And he couldn't speak really at that point, so it was quite weird to hear him come away with the song. And it's, it said, um, uh, I was out for the count, and when I awoke, I was laughing uncontrollably, as one might at a joke. And a bit more of it than that, and I was kind of amazed, you know, amazed. That but you would get that, and then you get nothing for six fragments months, you know what I mean? Then, yeah, it's fragments yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fragmentary. Yeah, yeah. That's I think as well, one of the things that comes out, and a lot of people, uh, we know your story anyway, but watching the film is that you know the the kind of like that that willpower and that strength and and just knowing you anyway and from before. I mean, like you know, when you're a young man, for instance, I know there is this legendary story where you were very stubborn, refused to get on a tour bus once because you got a in Orange Juice days because you got a bad review from the NME. So I think Edwin's always been somebody who is, uh, you know, <laughs> he will either do what he wants or not do what he doesn't want. But I mean, in terms of, but, but, I, mean, but I mean, you know, seriously, in, in terms of what, of, uh, of, of, of the stroke, I mean, you, Grace, you know, when you're at his bedside and, and you know, you, you, you still get to communicate, was there a, like a resi residual thing of knowing that, you know, he's a very headstrong person. If he wants to live, then he will make that choice. Yeah, I think uh, what I thought would happen in the really dark time was that if he... Um, I don't know why I thought this is just silly, really, probably, but I thought that if he somehow, somewhere inside him knew that he, w he had a life worth fighting for, a good life, you know, a quality of life, then he would, he would fight and he would really, he would really sort of stretch and strive to not succumb to this thing that was right there and trying to, you know, get him really just, but that's how it feels Grace. like death. It was just one. Grace, pardon me, Grace, I had a titanium plate inserted on my head. I was a bit daft. You were a bit daft. Yeah. But I think when you were unconscious, I assumed there was some kind of astral plane or something that all this battle was taking place yeah. on for your life. And it's these kind of thoughts and these t conversations that we had in a slightly more eloquent way with Ed and James that they've tried to capture, yeah, yeah. capture in the film. Uh, then br uh, uh, brilliantly, of course. Yeah, they have. It's yeah, yeah. brilliantly. No, it's true, Ed. Don't, don't no. Come on. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. 
Because words are, you know, explaining it in words is quite difficult. So this is what was amazing to me, that these two young men who didn't know us then have managed to find a way to get it exactly right in in a film. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, could we play the third clip now? This gives you an idea of, this is about Edwin um, learning to draw again with his left hand. Grace helped me a lot through the um, dark days. She set me free. Grace will help me to um, get out in the world, let's see. I want to express my observations on life, what it is to be alive and feel a, a, a sense of joy. I think what's really, uh, what, what I really loved about it was it, what, what's really the powerful message is that, you know, as, as a young man, you define yourself by art and music, and then something like this happens to you, and it's art and music that saves you, really. That's like the, the, story, the story of it. Um, I mean, and it seems to me, Ed, that, that, that's, that was like the core of it, really, that you were trying to bring out. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, like, going back to what I said in the beginning, we weren't that intent on making a music doc, but it was so cool to make a film about someone who was trying to rediscover who they were, and obviously, like, Edwin's kind of lucky in the sense that he's got this kind of superpower that's never gone away, this whole, like, this this kind of... So he was able to kind of, like, look back through his old music and kind of remember who he was, but then also use this kind of, like, music weapon of his to express what he wanted to say. So it was like, yeah, we always knew that would be like a big kind of thing in it. And also, yeah, that Edwin's drawings were so cool. That it's not in that clip, but when Edwin, Edwin kind of drew like this guy, like a kind of like... Oh, the guy. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, the guy, yeah. Which is just the like... The guy. A, which Edwin probably thinks is like, you know, quite basic, but the, but there's such cool drawings of just this like stick man. And he, can like, he drew it over and over and over again. And then like one day he drew like a bird. And so when these guys w were telling us this story... It was like amazing. It was like as if Edwin was kind of, you know, drawing himself or like coloring himself in kind of things. So it seemed like such a, and obviously drawing was the thing that kind of seemed to unlock. It kind of proved to Edwin that he could go beyond what was expected of him. Do you know what I mean? So like he could, you know, it was a blank canvas. He could draw whatever he wanted. So from that point, it was as if it kind of began. Yeah. Yeah, drawing came back before music did, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it did. And it's a lot easier to draw, and it's always been easier to draw than it really is to write songs and, you know, yeah. get that stuff right, uh, isn't uh, it? Uh, and it uh, relaxes me, drawing. I love it. Uh, drawing is therapy for me. I think uh, of all the, the reviews, I mean, there's some amazing reviews, film but uh, I think one thing that stands out and uh, 
I think, you know, Edwin and Grace, you maybe you can't comment on this, but I think Ed, objectively you can do. I think it's uh, uh, Mr. Mark Kermode, who knows a, f you know, knows a, a few things about oh. films, said, uh, who is a fan of Edwin as well, so it's, um, he said of the film that, uh, he said, uh, basically the film is a love story, and he says, I can't remember when I last saw a happier screen couple than Edwin and Grace, which is a very beautiful, touching and true thing to say. Um, and I thought, Ed, as you, the person who brought that to screen, what do you think about that? Well, <laughs> I'm a romantic. <laughs> no, well, I think like me and Jay kind of didn't really want to make a film about love. And I don't think these guys wanted to... No. If we pitched that on day no one... No way, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we pitched that on day one, it would never have happened. But it was this kind of like thing that, you know, it was like a... It was like a, this storm that we just like couldn't hold back anymore. It was like, okay, cool. It's like it's going to end up being about that. Cause, and what was so cool was that we started with just interviewing Edwin, and every story just like came back to Grace. That was like you know, it's like even when we were like, right, let's you know talk about a time before you met Grace, or yeah, it, it, it somehow Edwin just let all his stories just seem to all like they all were centered with Grace. So I think it was just so obvious. It's just like, well, their relationship is like such a massive part in Edwin's recovery and his past and his future. And like, yeah, it was just, it, it ended up being this kind of, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you call like a love story that was never meant no, to be a love story. Yourself. But Do, behave yourself, Grace. These guys are softies at heart. I know. No, it's, um, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's the, the, the last 10 years are getting Edwin better, honestly. It's, yes, we're tight with one another, clearly. But honestly, it's not very pretty sometimes. It gets quite ugly around our house. I've always been quite big battlers. No, no, no. Tell them um, about my son. About your son? What about no, no. your son? What, diving in the... Oh, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, he calls me Shouty McShoutington of Shouty Town. Yeah, he's... Uh, well... He's is, is in the wings big there. Shouter. <laughs> I come from a family of shouters, you know, we're just big shouters. So shout, and he's a big shouter, actually. But, but um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. You you have to... I was talking to somebody about this, because somebody wrote to us as we've been on this trip, and he wrote to us to tell us about his friend who had a very similar stroke to Ed and similar sort of age, and he, but he's single. And his mum has moved back in with him and is taking care of him. And he's really miserable. He's really, really down about this. I was thinking how lucky we are because if you're s if you're single and you have to have your mum move back in with you at 48, that's not very nice. You know, it's like you're suddenly you're the child again or whatever. Or, or even if you're um, a, a parent and suddenly your child is looking after you or something that's happened. Well, we're equals, you see. So whenever this happened to Ed and we got to be equal partners in his recovery and it's very f lucky to just think okay well it's just the you know just the two of us and we'll crack on and we'll we'll see what we can do you know you've been you've been doing a bit of a tour of obviously a bit of a tour you've been touring the entire country i mean you've been yeah. from you know all the way up to helmsdale uh, it has to be said from. these guys have been like you know just legends i mean you know they're just <laughs> They are flying yeah, the flag like for it the movie. It's, quite, it's been quite good fun, hasn't Grace it? Grace is uh, tiring. I'm knackered. Maybe I'm a bit tiring also, uh, but I'm I'm enjoying the the tour. But what's what's been the most sort of like uh, in terms of touring the country? Obviously, you're getting reactions from obviously uh, Edmund fans and 
you know, for the film. But I mean, have you had like a lot of like you said about some writing your letter? Have you? You must get a lot of like personal stories coming up. People who've experienced similar things yeah. coming up to you and and uh, yes, uh, um, sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, Simon uh, says true, and uh, I talk to him uh, about chat with him about um, how it feels like having a stroke and coping with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because we want to really, there was a lot of negative um, information and messages that we got at the beginning. And it's not useful, you know, it's, it's of absolutely no use to you whatsoever to say yeah. you should prepare yourself for the worst. I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, that would be tell we've had some stroke experts come to yeah. the things as well. And I'm quite um, strict with them about this, really, because I think it's wrong. I think they're all wrong, and I think it's uh, no and for example, one person, uh, Grace, uh, I'm not mentioning uh, anything, any any uh, names. What did I do? Uh, no. Is he you? Uh, is is he yours? Oh yeah, that was weird. This the Stroke Association. Yeah. That was I don't care about mentioning the names. You. Is he one of yours? What? Anyway. <laughs> um, <they laughs> I don't get it. Was it mean? No, it was, it was a person from the Stroke Association. We were with uh, their support and another organisation who are about aphasia. Yeah. This woman from the Stroke Association came up to her friend, Carol, who is works with Connect, and she went, oh, is he one of yours? She works at the Stroke Association. Anyway. But <laughs> I had to, um, how to sort of tell people, I think, that it's important if you're going to, you know, that it's to, to give people hope. When I was sick, I wanted to go and find other people's stories that were really positive, really encouraging, gave you a little glimmer of hope, gave you something to aim for. And that was quite hard because it was all this doom and gloom they were. So you go on the internet and you find some books that people have written or whatever, but you all you want is... Um, Stories that have, you know, a positive outcome. Yeah. Um, because anything else is of little or no value. Neg to you. Ne ne negative. Doesn't help. Fact. Doesn't help. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the you know the, gr the great thing, one of the many great things about the possibilities of endless film is that it is a very positive story uh, for the outcome. But in the meantime, I would like to say uh, that the film is still uh, screening nationally. I'd just like to thank uh, again. Uh, Ed's director, uh, Grace and Edwin, thank you very, very much. Thank Cheers. You. Cheers.